Hey, welcome to the Gentle Rebel Podcast. I'm Andy Moore. I'm a sound artist, songwriter and slow coach. And I want to explore life's harsher edges with a spirit of playful creativity. I love helping people see the world through the lens of their unique creative sensitivities, rising above the cynicism, bitterness and resentment that can disconnect us from ourselves, one another and the playful possibilities within and around us. I look for ways to tune into our sound, process life's endless noise, express our creative voices and explore the contours of human potential with openness, curiosity and a shared sense of purpose. So in this week's episode, I'm really thrilled to bring you my conversation with cognitive psychologist and author Scott Barry Kaufman, whose writing I have admired for a very long time. He's the author of uh, several books, including Ungifted, The Truth About Talent, Practice, Creativity, and The Many Paths to Greatness, Wired to Create, Unraveling the Mysteries of the Creative Mind, Transcend, The New Science of Self-Actualization, and Choose Growth, a research-based toolkit for turning challenging times into a springboard for healing, insight, and new beginnings. So really the main reason I wanted to speak to Scott on this occasion was to uh, explore some of the recent research that has been looking at overlaps between uh, things like uh, vulnerable narcissism, uh, high sensitivity signaling and um, the sensory processing sensitivity trait itself. Um, There's been some, uh, yeah, quite sort of interesting stuff being studied and um, responses going on around it and some yeah fascinating conversations happening. And I think it's really important to talk about, um, especially for those of us who, I guess, want the biological trait of high sensitivity to be, um, yeah, understood, taken seriously, uh, reintegrated into the greater picture of uh, human potential and survival and creative uh, expression and exploration and all that stuff um, that I think is so important. Um, I called this episode... Um, sensitivity is not a superpower, <laughs> uh, which, yeah, con- controversial as that may be. It's something that Scott um, emphasizes a lot. He's, he's written about this uh, in a bunch of things that I've, I've read that he um, has published. You know, the danger of using this kind of language to separate sensitivity from the whole, really, to create, um, you know, a sense of entitlement and exceptionalism around something which is really fundamentally just a natural trait, something's completely normal, something's innate to humans as a species. Um, you know, I, I guess it's understandable why this sort of language gets um, gets used, you know, in a market economy where we prize separation of markets that can be sold to, you know, this, this I guess, superpowering language, this exceptionalizing of normal things, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense, but it's it's not very good for us. It's not in my opinion, the way to integrate a healthy and helpful understanding of this natural human trait into the overall picture um, or the overall body of humanity. In fact, I'd argue we need to conceptualise high sensitivity as the opposite of a superpower. Um, You know, something very normal. (laughs) Something, it's a necessary normal that's been ignored and it's been suppressed to our detriment as a species. Um, you know, so we don't we don't need high, highly sensitive people to to rise up and take power and be this exceptional thing. We just need humanity to integrate sensitivity into the way that we collectively attune to um, environments, to our physical beings, to the way that we process information in and around us, and the way that we express 
uh, what it means to be human so that we can really move forwards and explore our potentials in a more three-dimensional, meaningful and less um, kind of separated, disconnected, individualistic like way, really. Um, so yeah, I'm going to stop talking there and just get right into it um, because you know the conversation was very interesting and a huge thanks to Scott for taking the time uh, to chat with me about all of this. I hope you enjoy the conversation. I'll be back at, uh, at the end again to say um, a proper goodbye and wrap things up. Well, I am joined by Scott Barry Kaufman in today's episode, uh, and I'm really excited for that to be the case. Hello, Scott. How are you doing? Hey, uh, Andy. I'm doing pretty well, thanks. Thanks for having me here. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. So to give a bit of uh, introduction about Scott, so he is a humanistic psychologist who explores the depths of human potential. Uh, He received his (laughs) PhD in cognitive psychology from Yale University and a Master's of Philosophy in Experimental Psychology from the University of Cambridge here in the UK. Uh, he's taught courses on intelligence, creativity and well-being at Columbia University, NYU and the University of Pennsylvania, among other institutions. Uh, and he's the host of the Psychology Podcast and has authored and edited a bunch of books, including his latest release, Choose Growth. Uh, which is a research-based toolkit for turning challenging times into a springboard for healing, insight, and new beginnings. Uh, In 2015, he was named one of 50 groundbreaking scientists who are changing the way we see the world by Business Insider. Um, Yeah, so that's that's scott (laughs) thank you so much for joining me and i i've been following your work for a number of years so it's really great to have this opportunity to explore some of it um on the gentle rebel podcast with you so yes thank you (laughs) i mean the reason that i i got in touch initially was around the topic of sensory processing sensitivity um and some of the the recent research in the field i know you've been involved in uh, a few projects you've been involved in the uh uh, the sens- sensitive men rising film and, and various things. Um, and you've been responding to some of the research going on in, in different ways. I've been very aware that there are a number of trends in the area of high sensitivity that I, I think are really worth highlighting and talking about. Um, so that's really where I'd like to, to focus, but I guess to start, I'd love to hear um, a bit about your background and story in particular, you know, what sparked your passion for psychology and that exploration of the depths of human human potential um, mentioned? And where has that journey taken you so far when it comes to your research and work? Well, I've certainly been interested in this topic my whole life. Uh, even as a kid, uh, I and in special education, I always saw the other kids on the playground who uh, were kind of left out and uh, wondering uh, how much we're, we're squandering their potential. And uh, it's just been, it's been a topic that I've just, I've always been interested in. <laughs> uh, so in, 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 uh, in, gra- in, in, in undergraduate, I fell in love with the field of uh, cognitive psychology and um, the field of human intelligence. And I started off studying intelligence and then, and then got into creativity studies soon after that. And 
and self-actualization and transcendence. Um, that's been kind of the evolution of my career, but I think all of it relates to human potential. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I could see that thread through through the books that you've kind of authored and, and edited, the, the, that intelligence, human potential, creativity, all of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. So I, yeah, the first the first article that, that caught my attention, I, I think it was, was it August, around the summer of 2022? Um, there was uh, some research titled uh, do highly sensitive persons display hypersensitive narcissism similarities and differences in the nomological networks of sensory processing sensitivity and vulnerable mm. narcissism um, and Elaine Aaron wrote a response to that piece and cited an article that you'd written for psychology today firstly can you explain what this research was about and why Elaine Aaron and others including yourself wanted to yeah, address some some of the issues with it. Well, I mean, the, the study. I, I want to say first of all, the study was conducted uh, was led by the, the study was led by a, a close colleague of mine, Emmanuel Jock, who I've published papers with as well. And um, I know that he's uh, he's a great guy and is really just curious about the truth of things and and the complexities of personality. Um, so I was glad he published that paper. It uh, it it, sh it shined a spotlight on something we don't often talk about, which is you know all these traits have uh, a dark side as well as a, a benefit, um, and it depends on the context and it depends on how we employ it with the rest of who we are, you know, and the rest of our system and in, in our environment. So it 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 really showed that there's a substantial correlation between self-reported highly sensitive people people who report that they're highly sensitive and um, certain characteristics of vulnerable narcissism uh, vulnerable narcissism vulnerable narcissism is a, a different trait than grandiose narcissism uh, vulnerable narcissism is sometimes referred to as covert narcissism um, I think uh, uh, what's her name the the singer calls it covert narcissism what's her name Taylor Swift. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. She calls it covert narcissism. Uh -huh. um, yeah, so don't tell Taylor Swift. I forgot her name. <laughs> You're probably the only, <laughs> only person in the world that, ha that has, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the, 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 particularly the overlap there is with, with, with a lot of characteristics like hiding the self and things that are more self-damaging than other damaging you know, um, inauthenticity, um, uh, fear of fear of rejection, fear of criticism. Um, you know, these aspects of vulnerable narcissism. Uh, my other colleague, Elaine Aaron, who I adore, um, she really did not like that study. Uh, she's she's very protective of highly sensitive people. She doesn't like when anyone says anything negative about HSPs. HSPs can do no wrong in Elaine Aaron's eyes. And the highly sensitive people, you know, view her as a mother figure in that way. You know, and they love that she's so kind and caring about HSPs and so flowery in her praise of HSPs. Um, you know, I'm a scientist and I uh, I care about the truth, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, Manuel's research is very interesting. Um, uh, Elaine Aaron is a scientist and cares about the truth too. I'm not contrasting myself from that, but um, you know, I, I think that HSPs, I, I think there is such a thing as being too sensitive 
And, and I think that if you ever get into a uh, kind of uh, mindset where you feel like uh, you're, you can't do any wrong because of your your traits you know like you know then i think that's a problem that's a problem mm-hmm. to be in that mm-hmm. mindset we you know it's really good to understand the complexities of personality and uh and ourselves so you you wrote in your psychology today article about the uh high sensitivity signaling um, yeah study you said um while sensory processing sensitivity is a real trait high sensitivity signaling is a whole other thing yeah uh, and I've noticed in recent years a significant increase on social media and even in my university classroom, the declaration of high sensitivity as a strategy for obtaining special privileges and getting out of having to do difficult things. Um, so, yeah, what was the nature and findings of that study? Um, and it sounds like you were, I don't know, were you surprised by the findings or were you like, ah, that makes sense? <laughs> I was definitely not surprised by the findings. Because you do see a lot of people who use, who say like, oh, I'm so sensitive as an excuse to get out of doing hard things. And uh, what I think, well, there was, I think what was surprising was just how low the correlation was between actual HSPs and the high high sensitivity signalers. Um, There was really no correlation between those two things. And um, I think that is very interesting. Um, you know, while there is overlap between HSPs and vulnerable narcissism, vulnerable narcissism, you tend to um, be more damaging to the self than others. There really is um, no, not no uh, intentional exploitation aspect to it. Mm. Um, there's a real neuroticism and, and internal sensitivity that can cause depression and anxiety and uh I have a lot of compassion for that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, high sensitivity signalers, uh, you know, that, that what was interesting is that was correlated with like even extroversion, you know, like that wasn't like, ex- and uh, as well as uh, exploit and a drive for exploitation. So, uh, yeah, I think that you know, not everyone who says that they're a high sensitive person is a highly sensitive person. You, you see a lot of this nowadays with people saying, you know, using trauma as an excuse for all sorts of bad behavior. Um, and all sorts of, uh, you, you know, uh, these kinds of, these kinds of signaling things are, are now uh, being rewarded, uh, in our society. Mm. And why do you think high sensitivity has been, has become one of those things that people would use in that way? Because our society rewards it now. It's, uh, and it's very, it's, we're very like, you know, in the name of compassion, you know, like, it's you're an asshole if someone you know uh, signals a weakness and vulnerability and you ignore it right mm-hmm. i mean so it's it's a good strategy if you're if you're trying to uh, manipulate people and exploit people it's a really good strategy to play on people's compassion mm-hmm. and what what does that do to cuz i mean what part of why i'm kind of interested to explore this is when you look at say the work that Elaine Aaron has done for such a long time and, you know, she put so much into the grounding of research and, you know, yes. all of this stuff. And I just, I look at what's going on and I just feel like is that could all unravel <laughs> around this, this, the term, well, that's, the what, trait. that's what, a, that's what a highly sensitive person would say. <laughs> <laughs> 
is like, you know, there's that catastrophizing and that kind of like, oh, that's such deep sensitivity and vulnerability that like, oh my gosh, if we have the slightest criticism, we're going to unravel. That's a real highly sensitive person mentality. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> are you an HSP? I am, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I am too. I am too. Um, but um, but I think that that's it'd be what's gonna what's gonna unravel, you know, like that um that that now everyone who says that their HSP is gonna be uh looked upon with cynicism. Is that the concern there? Uh that I think, their, their uh, yeah, concerns I, I mean, are not gonna be t- taken seriously. To, yeah. to me it would would be like not a personal it's not a personal concern about like me not getting taken seriously, but like the the trait itself and you know the the work's done, and I know she's so diligent about like re- grounding it in the scientific um, kind of the brain studies and all of that stuff. Um, that then, see, it gets popularized and brought into the mainstream more. Um, these and these terms are then understood in different ways. Um, well, Aline Aaron's certainly worried about that. You know, she 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 really hated the uh the conceptual association between hsp and narcissism uh she was really concerned that would um dilute her brand <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i did for lack of a better way of putting it um <laughs> um but you know look i i mean i adore elaine aaron like i already said and uh i think she's done a great job um showing uh that this trait exists in humans um but it's just a trait i mean you know it's like people ascribe so much more it's like it's like the trait introversion people ascribe you know introverts are caring gentle kind blah, blah. no those the, the creative you know no these are all separate traits you know introversion simply means you prefer quiet you can be an asshole introvert trust me you can be a you know same with hsps um, with hsps you can be an extroverted hsp you know, there's just as many extroverted HSPs as introverted HSPs. People may not realize that. Um, there's, uh, you can be a, you know, you can be a narcissistic HSP for sure. Um, there's certainly potential for that. You know, it's uh, just being an HSP in and of itself, you know, it, it, it's kind of neutral. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's not yeah, a yeah. superpower. People say it's a super, the HSPs call it a superpower. There's, but they write books about it and they say, we have a superpower. You know, it's like, I mean, look, any trait can be a superpower um, if harnessed in a, a good way. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. Uh, the opposite. I mean, couldn't one make the case that the opposite of an HSP, boldness, boldness, and it can be a huge superpower too, right? Like, uh, you know, if you put the two together, which one's a bigger superpower? I think that's actually up for debate, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think that's just the truth of the truth of the matter to be able to be stolid, have a stolid temperament to not get so ruffled by everything to be able you know, like that, that's kind of a superpower too. Right. So I think that like all this, like kind of flowery language um, is, uh, is, is kind of corny and uh, just not, you know, in line with the, the actual realities of the fact that all personality traits have benefits and disadvantages. Now, can HSP be a superpower under certain conditions um, in certain contexts and uh, in the context of the rest of the personality structure of the person? I think absolutely. Yes, that is true. Um, But so can any personality trait. Um, yeah 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 no absolutely it's it's part of what i'm really passionate about is kind of like just seeing they add seeing it as that neutral thing it's like the tracks along which 
we yeah. run rather than you know add it, add these sort of value judgments to it and the yeah that language yeah. around it being yeah super it just becomes divisive um and it kind of goes down that road of treat me in a particular way because i am this um yeah and it's like i don't think that's that's not really helpful for anyone and it annoys people <laughs> and yeah um i was kind of, kind of yeah intrigued by that so the the scale that was used for the high sensitivity signaling um had things like i sometimes ask for privileges because of my high sensitivity mm. uh, people treat me in a special way because they know how sensitive i am when i mention i'm highly sensitive um others are more willing to help me etc cetera, etc cetera. um so it's kind of i mean I, I was like reading through the list i was like I, the, so that's so alien to my own kind of, you know, I guess propensity to tell anyone that I'm highly, like to use it in that sort of way. And it kind of, it made me think, you know, to me, it's like actually the, the purpose of, of this, of knowing this stuff and of kind of grappling with it is to make, I guess, speaking to the human potential part that you, um, you touch on is, actually bringing the potential in humans up to the surface, allowing it to rise within a, within an environment. And so when you've got highly sensitive people in that environment, it's like, okay, what conditions do we need in order to, to make it conducive to those people being able to flourish? Um, and that's very different from you coming as a highly sensitive person saying, I need this and I need that. That's um, a really good point. That's a really good point. I mean, sometimes it's good for HSPs to be assertive and tell people what they need because people aren't mind readers. Um, if you're an HSP and you really, you know, your nervous system really gets frazzled um, under certain conditions, um, first of all, taking responsibility for that is important and uh, and trying to manage your environment um, to minimize the need for others to accommodate you. But I also think that, you know, as caring humans, it's good to know someone's an HSP and to to be mindful of that. Just just like I would want to be mindful of knowing more information about anyone, any of my fellow humans. That's to me that that feels uh, uh, good to have that kind of compassion for for fellow humans, you know, and uh, um, HS, you know, being uh, being an HSP really uh you can mean you react to the world differently and you feel things differently. Um, but that's all just different than entitlement. Mm. I don't, mm. I mean, most HSP, I don't know if I've ever met a real HSP who uh, felt entitled to everything going their way. No. Um, I think they really just want to be able to enjoy their day without feeling things so deeply. <laughs> that's what that's what they really want at the end of the day um the high sensitivity signalers i'm just saying that's a whole different breed of animal that's yeah. you know there i mean there are real there are real exploiters of the system out there they exist <laughs> what do we do about because it, it like it is a it's a cultural trend isn't it the um what did you mention the kind of uh it is yeah i think that's right it is a cultural trend taking that victim position in all sorts of areas which kind of puts everyone around you on eggshells and you know pandering and again it does it's not conducive to to moving towards that human potential in the group and 
you know, for individuals within that group is. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's well, that's a good point. You, you, you know, <laughs> your, your commentaries are spot on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I probably need questions at the end of my commentaries. Give me a, a little voice inflection. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's let's kind of as we move towards the end, um, kind of move into into the themes of your book, like your latest book, "Choose Growth." Um, yeah, a research based toolkit for turning challenging times into a springboard for healing, insight, and new beginnings. What's the vision behind? that book what you're hoping to do with with that uh that that was like a workbook that accompanied uh the book transcend so it was like it was like a workbook to help people uh with their post-traumatic growth i wrote it with a former student of mine who is now an amazing doctor jordan feingold and you know we we wrote during the the we started writing it i think 2021 the pandemic still a concern for a lot of people and we wanted to help to get people through those tough times and uh it was really a book for the moment in a lot of ways mm-hmm. yeah practical mm-hmm. workbook yeah and what were some of the what are some of the challenges that you were addressing in that uh the, being able to mentally see hope you know, for, for a better future and to really get outside of ourselves and still experience transcendence and, uh, uh, you know, transcendent experiences. I'm a big fan of transcendent experiences, like awe and wonder and, mm-hmm. um, and flow, uh, even with the, even with the world burning. I mean, it feels like the world's burning right now. It feels that yeah. way. It does, yeah. I think, I think HSPs really feel it. Cause they feel everything <laughs> so. in a big way. Yeah. 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 And it can feel like, yeah. Where is that? Where is that hope? But there is also the, the transcendent experiences. I think I'm finding them in small things like in, in just everyday life. Like, mm. yeah. Just connecting with, with those little glimmers around. Um, yeah. But it can, yeah, it can be really hard. Like what, what are some of your like, transcendent go-tos <laughs> um i like writing um i i like i mean flow the full state for me is is really great I like writing i like playing the cello um uh, singing uh uh yeah all, all sorts of uh creative activities uh really help me uh being with friends being meditating on the beach mm. meditation yeah yeah, there's a lot of those things are my go-tos, um, but uh, you know, I like share. I, I like shared transcendent experiences too, like at a concert. You right. know, there's yeah. there's really a wonder these wonderful moments uh, where people forget that they're supposed to hate each other because they have a different political political opinion or some other kind of uh, uh, opinion. <laughs> I love those moments where we forget we're supposed to hate each other. Yeah. These opinions you, know you, I mean? you have to have, but actually when, when you really think about it and you have those experiences, it's like actually that these don't matter as much as they feel like they do when you're on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so true. I, it's so true. Yeah. I, I keep having the, well, those sorts of experiences as well, just talking 
talking with people and realizing that actually people are generally pretty interesting and good. And when you experience them face to face, yeah, it's very different to it's so true. If, if your only experience is online. Yeah. So true. Oh my God. I can't tell you how many uh, people like, you know, just were just such assholes on Twitter. And then I DM to them and got into a conversation with them and they were like a completely different person. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them were very deeply insecure. <laughs> yeah. I think I that's, love- that's probably the case. Yeah. Sorry. Look, I, re- I really, I really uh, want to say, I really uh, think you, you've done a great job with your podcast. Um, I really like your uh, the, the, the we have mutual interest in topics like creativity mm-hmm. and uh, sensitivity and motivation and um, you know the you know being alive what it means to be fully alive. I, so I, th- I think you're po- you're you're doing a really great job with your podcast. It's actually really co- I really like your podcast. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and again, that's where I I kind of go to. I guess experience hope and express hope and process, I guess as a highly sensitive person, it's that the deep processing and then the creative expression all part of the same, the same thing really. Um, Hmm. And yeah, kind of turning, turning the pain that you see as you're watching the world burn into something a little bit more, constructive or creative or whatever yeah well, i think it's obvious that's your intention i think that's mm. really important yeah mm. that's cool <laughs> what are you kind of exploring at the moment what are the the yeah what's the areas of of interest to you maybe academically or professionally but also yeah personally i mean you've just touched on some of the things you enjoy doing transcendently but yeah well i'm really interested in how do we have more peace in the world? And uh, and I think a lot of it is going to be people need to overcome this kind of victim mentality that I'm seeing everywhere on every side of everything. And uh, people aren't listening to each other. People aren't showing each other forgiveness and love and compassion. And I think that's that's a shame. You know, we're, we're, we've become so tribal and we only see things through a tribal lens. So I'm really interested in in uh, in, in research on uh, victim mentality and vulnerable narcissism and self actualization, um, and I created a form of coaching I call self actualization coaching, and I, I'm really interested in using a lot of these tools to uh, the tools of positive psychology, humanistic psychology, cognitive science, personality theory, uh, and and psychology to to help people. Uh, feel more empowered in their lives and, 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 and really realize their full, their full depths of their potential. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And what, when you, when you use that term sort of potential, what, what does that mean to you? What are you describing? Well, we have lots of potentialities, of course. Um, when I say that, I mean like your highest potentials, you know, what are, what are the things that are unique to you? Only you, only you, uh, that are, and that, uh, that really can contribute, uh, in, in a really positive way to this world. Um, in a lot of ways I view self-actualization as really transcend is really just a bridge to transcendence as that's how Maslow put it, you know, mm. like when, when done right, 
the goal of self-actualization is to erase itself because <laughs> mm. uh, uh you know we're part of the world you know and and we're so we're, we have such a oneness with the world that we've lost ourselves uh because we've really made such an impact mm. yeah i love that kind of yeah because I, th I think sometimes that ideas around potential and success are so keyed into maybe extrinsic or external definitions of these things that um you can feel like okay my potential is tied up in getting a certain result or something happening that's maybe beyond my control and then you judge yourself against that and it can feel like oh man i failed or i'm a failure even worse like that again that identity piece of it um how do we come to a more yeah internally or intrinsically defined concept of success and kind of be okay with that i mean that's a profound question andy um <laughs> i don't know i don't know you have you only you and only you can make peace with yourself you know, it's uh, the the whole thing with self actualization coaching is I don't tell you how to live your life. We try to figure out, you know, with me and the client, we try to figure out what life works best for you. And I think that a lot of people really don't want to take responsibility for their lives. They'd rather follow, uh, you know, watch the Heberman podcast and follow some protocols. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, you know, you know. I love Huberman and everything, but I'm saying a lot of a lot of people would rather just follow a certain set of protocols than than mm -hmm. take the responsibility for their own existence and their own life. And um, I mean, it's, I'm sorry, it's not a very satisfactory answer to what you're saying, but um, the, we do know the more that you live uh, intrinsically, uh, the happier you will be. Um, if you stop the comparisons, if you if you do things that bring you joy and just do things that bring you joy and that's it, you know, you don't worry about, um, Oh, it's got, you know, it's not worthy unless it's gets this many likes on Instagram or, um, all these other things. We know that you'll have a happier existence and, uh, more meaningful, more importantly than happier, a meaningful existence. Mm. Um, and, but I think you and only you can, um, can can make the decision that that's what you're going to value in this world. Mm, a lot yeah. of it, I think, comes down to valuing and 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 uh, and uh, what you what do what do you really value in this world and and do, and also do you value how much do you value yourself? And uh, yeah. that's a very deep question. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. And um, it kind of strikes me that that link again with what we're saying about connecting with with people in meaningful ways as well is part of that. Ironically, the, the kind of self-actualization self, you know, getting, find, discovering that part of yourself that doesn't need the metrics of the social media likes and all of that stuff emerges when we, well, I mean, I would imagine speaking from my own experience, like when you feel like you're contributing to something beyond yourself, yourself and you're yeah. connected in a way that's yeah. not just through the screen and through performance, you know, based activities. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that it's really interesting. You 
talked about the sort of protocols and the, the rules. I've been thinking a lot about that recently and the Me question too. of why do we, why, because it feels like we're in a really dogmatic, like we're, we're desperate for rules. We're drawn towards, I need a dogmatic set of instructions for how to live. Like there's all these books, like how to live, how, you know, rules for life, like all of these things that it's like, there's an appetite there. There's people wanting that stuff. Um, at least on the surface, it's like, I don't think that's what we need. Um, but it's, it's what we want. We want to be told, you yeah. know, these, these yeah. are the, the ways to live. We do. I yeah. mean, a lot of us do. It's the ones, the ones, the ones that don't are the ones that are telling others what to do. It's <laughs> 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 the only two options you got. No, I'm joking. There's a third option and that's follow your own path. Yeah. And don't tell people how to live theirs. Yeah, that's it. And, uh, you know, talking about your coaching as well. Yeah. Again, as an industry that's like not regulated, it's very messy, that world of people yeah. telling people how, you know, like, these are the rules, this is how you should live. And like, you know, kind of trained as a coach and the number one <laughs> rule, quote unquote, is basically that's not what you do. Like you are not there to tell people what to do or to give advice. It's like, no, it's, it's that question based approach that brings those values, brings the truth out of the, the person. So they can, I guess you're really a mirror to that person's own self stuff that it's like, yeah, that is who I am. And, and you're just enabling that to happen maybe a little bit faster or whatever. Um, but the coaching world itself is wow, it's yes, messy. <laughs> it's it's truly it's truly messy. You're right, and I'm trying to tidy it up a little bit by uh, by being science uh, based, and um, we're actually doing a co three day coaching intensive December eighth through tenth, and uh, we're really excited about that. We're really gearing up for that. It's it's next week. Oh my god! Oh great! <laughs> yeah, next weekend for three days, we're gonna be training coaches and. Uh, the the foundational principles of self actualization coaching and uh, well, and it's all you know it's all science informed and um, and I hope I can make some sort of contribution to the field of coaching in that way yeah mm. oh that sounds great yeah yeah where is somewhere people can kind of connect with what you do you just you know scottbarrykaufman.com I, I think i have everything there it's like the psychology podcast uh, uh, the center for human center for human potential.com uh, has uh, our listings for our courses. Yeah. Mm. Great. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time for this. My pleasure. Um, I really do love your podcast and uh, yeah, keep up the great work you're doing. Uh, the vibration that you're putting out into the world is uh, people are resonating with it. Yeah. Oh, well, likewise. Yeah. Thank you for everything that you're doing and Thanks. yeah, keep speaking into that stuff. It's great. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. A massive thank you to Scott Barry Kaufman for uh, taking the time, sharing his wisdom, challenging a bunch of assumptions. I found it a really, yeah, it was, it was one of those, I found it a really cool, challenging conversation. Um, and just really think the world needs voices like Scott's to have the courage to, to gently push back on these things and help us come to see what 
what's underpinning our thinking? What is sort of reinforcing the, the views that we have about things and the world and everything? Um, so, to, you know, to not ignore uncomfortable discoveries so that we can ultimately progress our relationship with this stuff and explore uh, the arenas of creative human potential together, not as a separate uh, group of individuals, but as a species, as all of us, like exploring this stuff, understanding this stuff, you know, what, especially this biological, natural biological traits, like these are parts of how we've evolved as a species. These are parts of how we move forward. How do we kind of integrate that rather than um, kind of isolating it further or isolating it in a different direction? Um, not easy, but definitely necessary. Do go and check out Scott's books, um, his website, scottbarrykaufman.com. Um, and if you'd like to continue exploring this, uh, these ideas in a conversation with me, the best place to do that is The Haven. So if you go to the-haven.co, um, we yeah, explore stuff like this. We'll have a, a, a thread looking at this conversation in particular um, on there. We kind of look at all this stuff with good faith and good humour. Um, it's just a lovely space with friendly and encouraging uh, gentle rebels from all over the world so if you like the sound of that do come and check that out um, over at the haven.co all right i'll be back again soon for another episode of the gentle rebel podcast until then do remember that you are an artist the world needs your art now go and make somebody's day bye-bye mm-hmm.